0: I'm so glad you're here with us today. We have an incredible guest with us, Louise. Louise is a creative entrepreneur with a passion for unlocking potential. Having lived in seven countries, created several businesses, and now focusing on real estate has given her a unique outlook on life. And now she is excited to share her experience to help others reach their goals even those that are beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you so much, Louise, for being here today. It is such a pleasure to have you. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we can go a little bit deeper.
1: Yeah, so, um, so I grew up on a small island called Jersey, which is in the Channel Islands, which is part of Great Britain. And um, it's a tax haven there so a lot of people um, work in finance so I just thought okay that's what I'm destined to do I'm just going to have a nine to five like a good paying finance job went to university um, studied accountancy and finance and I ended up working for a hedge fund in um, London mm-hmm. and I was miserable and I was 24 and I was like, this cannot be what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life, you know, working nine to five. Well, it was obviously much longer hours than that. And I'd always, I, I from a young age, I'd read like entrepreneurial books, I'd read um, Richard Branson's book, and I just felt like there was more to life than the nine to five and, you know, just working till you're 60 and then retiring. And so um, I ended up moving to Singapore. Um, I had an opportunity to move there. So I moved to Singapore and um, I knew I didn't wanna work in finance, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting a job working for a photographer out there. Mm. And so I was earning like no money, minimum wage. And yet every day I went to work and I was so happy and that was like a really pivotal point for me because I was like wow you can actually do a job that you love and um and so then that got me thinking okay how can I do a job that I love that I can actually make better money and be able to work for myself so I then moved to um Paris France to study photography Mm -hmm. and part of the course was obviously like the technical aspects of photography, but it also covered like kind of the business side of it. Mm. And so um, then that's when I then actually met my husband. And so once I'd finished my course, he was already working as a photographer. Um, We started a photography business together. And um, my husband is super creative, but he's not business minded whatsoever. Mm. And so um, us together, was like a great combination of um business but also creativity and um and so we set up a really successful photography studio we then got into advertising photography and we just started traveling around the world together shooting for lifestyle and advertising campaigns for brands like Budweiser Nike eBay um and it was it was amazing and um and so that was our first taste of setting up a business um and 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 working for ourselves and and we absolutely loved every minute of it it didn't matter how early we had to get up or how much we had to travel it was just incredible then um our first daughter was born and obviously traveling that much we were traveling two three four times a month mm-hmm. it's not feasible when you have a newborn and um you want some consistency in their life and so that's when we started to tr- transition out of, we still did photography, but we wanted to diversify slightly into real estate. And um, and so that's how we got into real estate. And so we ended up moving to the US mm-hmm. and living in Nashville. And then the pandemic happened, which cut our photography business overnight because we couldn't travel anymore. And so we were so thankful that we'd already started diversifying because obviously no one could have predicted the pandemic, but the fact we knew that all our eggs were in one basket with the photography and we'd started to diversify into real estate, doing Airbnb and and then uh, we bought some different Airbnbs. We did house hacking, which for those of you that don't know is when you make part of your house, we made like a den room into a studio that we rented out separately. So that paid our mortgage and all our bills. Um, and then we started buying more real estate. And that's what actually led us to moving to Florida because we bought an investment property here, mm-hmm. and we were coming down when it was empty and to check on it. And we were kind of like, why do we not live here? <laughs> it's sunny, you have the beach. <laughs> um, and in that process, um, we actually had a Airbnb that burnt down. I was actually bent bent down by a guest, and that really changed our story, which I can go into more detail later um and kind of just changed our mindset on life <laughs> yeah, wow so, yeah, so that's where we're at today. <laughs> that is incredible. The
0: journey you've been on. And I I'm really curious because you said we can touch on it later, but I, I'm ready to touch on it. now. <laughs> if you are because and now, we'll get back to the other stuff too, because I think it's important to touch on all of it, mm-hmm. but what changed that directory of your life after the fire?
1: So, um, so obviously when we found out we were completely devastated, we'd only had the, um, property for six months. We were still super new to real estate. So, um, it's a lot, it's a lot just anyway to have a property burnt down, but um, it, it's just so much a process you you, you don't know, you think, oh yeah, I kind of know what I'd have to do if a property burnt down, but actually when you're in the process, you you don't know about, what well, uh, we didn't know about um, like getting a public adjuster, you know, all the, the dealing with the insurance, all the things that, that come with that. Um, and also you're just in shock, this property that yeah. you poured money into that we loved going to as a family. um, Mm -hmm. You're just kind of like, what just happened? Um, And so for the first few weeks, we were definitely like, oh, why did this happen to us? You know, you're just trying to process it all. And then um, loads of people said to us, just sell off the land and like buy something else. And, but we were like, oh, we we loved that area so much and we and we loved the spot that our cabin was in. And we would we I know everyone says with uh, real estate investing, don't get emotionally attached. We definitely did get emotionally attached. Um but we were like, well, what if we rebuild? Um and and we're so glad now that we didn't listen to other well-intentioned people. They they were trying to tell us what was best like financially to do and stuff like that but um, we decided to rebuild our cabin and then build a second one on the lot next door Mm -hmm. and we we were like how can we turn like such a bad thing into something positive and something better you know the cabin that we had was built in 1990 um, so it wasn't the exact design that we would have designed so we were like what if we design something you know complete a modern cabin um like a Scandinavian feel and build one next door and and literally just turn the situation around in, instead of like oh poor us you know mm-hmm. turn it around to like okay how can we maximize this situation happening and turn it into something like incredible where we look back and we're like not not that you're like oh i'm so glad that happened but you know like mm-hmm. wow You can hit a low, but you can bounce back and and change it and make it even better.
0: Absolutely. And I thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry that happened. Mm -hmm. However, it it feels like it really turned into something beautiful and a really good lesson of just understanding, because I can imagine getting attached to a property, especially the area and maybe your neighbors and just the vibe.
1: Yeah.
0: So being able to rebuild it and it it happened for you instead of to you and change exactly. Mindset, and that's what it sounds like you did. And a lot of times, people are very well intentioned of what they say. Okay, like they're looking out for you; they want the best for you. But a lot of times, it's listening to that gut of, "Let let's keep going. Let's do this. Let's figure something out." And sometimes you just need it to simmer for a minute and regroup before you take action. Yeah, a hundred
1: percent that. Because initially, I was like, I just don't ever want to go there again. I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. And then we sat with it, like you said, listen to our intuition. And, and the intuition was just getting louder and louder, kind of being like, no, you need to rebuild, you need to go back, you need to like, um, you know, really turn this into something that you want. Absolutely. And I I think
0: that's what it's about, right? Like being able to be really creative in what you wanted to make, and you were able to do that. And I'm just Mm -hmm. curious, how's the property doing now?
1: Yeah, so we're so it happened in May 2020. So we're just past the year and right now they're getting the roofs put on. So they're not like fully finished, but we went a few weeks ago. They look amazing, loads of windows, they're like tree houses. So um we're super excited. And also I think the other thing to share is obviously like the cabin situation as a whole but it also changed our complete perspective on life you know the little things that you worry about or you stress about um you know money and stuff like that and then when something big like that happens it makes you reassess to the point where you're like okay that burnt down is terrible but like i'm here my husband's here my kids are here we're healthy um that's all you need you know you can lose it it really changed my mindset on on the i don't care to lose everything as long as i have like my family because everything else and i think this is where people i think there's a tendency with entrepreneurs at the beginning you have nothing to lose so you're just like i don't care like i'll try this but but then you start to build wealth and and i see it a lot with clients as well you get to kind of like a million two million stuff like that and the fear starts to creep in because you're so scared of losing Mm -hmm. what you've built. And I think a true entrepreneur, and, and you, you see it with the kind of like the Amazons, the, the Richard Bransons, no, no, no true entrepreneur just goes up like this. You know, they always lose. They always, they have a bad deal. They lose money and you have to be okay with losing money or, or losing a business or whatever because that's where you know like okay the fear gets taken away Mm -hmm. you aren't getting to that point where you're kind of like getting tight tightly attached to like material things and and stuff like that when you're okay i'm at at the point where i'm if i lose everything tomorrow that's fine because i know i can build it back up Mm -hmm. and i think that was such a pivotal point in in with the fire was like okay that's gone but like life is still going on Mm -hmm. you know and and that was such a valuable lesson for just life in general, but also money mindset, not to be attached to money um, because it, money flows to you and from you, you know, it's always, it's never gonna be just like always coming to you because money's energy ultimately. And so, um, so that was such a life-changing moment where I feel like a huge weight was lifted off our shoulders in terms of our entrepreneurial journey because you realize like none of that really matters, and you're so used to making money, building money, losing a bit of money, making that you're just like okay, it's just part of the journey. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely,
0: and so well said. And I really appreciate you sharing that lesson because I think a lot of people have that conception of once they start to build that wealth, mm-hmm. it's that fear that sets in. You're absolutely right of like well, I can't lose this or mm-hmm. but being able to build something from scratch. It gives you that resilience to know, even if we lose everything today, we know we can rebuild something. We know exactly. we have the skill sets and that's yeah. exactly what you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to say, I had that fear of losing the money, you know, like it happens to everyone. And I think yeah. sometimes we don't even realize it's happening because you're just in that stage of like, okay, and I've made this and that, and, and now I want to make more and blah, blah. And that's like amazing. Cause that's part of entrepreneurship, but I think having that awareness, like, have I got into a stage where, and this is what I always ask my clients, have you got into a stage where you're stopping to take risks or you're stopping to kind of go for your goals because you're thinking, oh, I have this nest egg here. Mm-hmm. And and it and it can sometimes can limit you. And so that, that for me was a, a huge kind of like jumping board once I realized I was like, oh, I'm gonna take even more risk now. <laughs>
0: Yes, because it opens up the, your eyes to, of what's possible and being able to reach the unpotential or the potential of what you want to achieve. And especially as a creative entrepreneur, because I know you've done a lot of different things. You've had multiple businesses and real estate. What role does embracing and nurturing creative play in unlocking potential to reaching your goals?
1: Oh, I think it's everything. I think, I think, um, like I'm such a creative person and all my ideas come through creativity first and kind of like, you know, dreaming and seeing I seeing inspiration and then thinking, okay, how can I make this into a business? And then the business stuff, the kind of like admin, fundamentals, foundation, that comes after. Yes. And um and I and someone said to me once, oh, you know, the shiny object syndrome, you know, are you just kind of like jumping from like oh this looks good and mm-hmm. i and I, I and the way that it was said was like it was a negative thing and i was like i think that's the best thing ever yeah you don't want to jump into like 25 businesses at once yeah but i think <laughs> yeah uh, but i think that that sense of once you get to that point where you're like, oh i could do that i could do i think that's a brilliant point to be at because obviously you need need that realism to be like okay is this really Am I just having one of those days where I'm like, okay, I can set up a wine bar at the beach or, you know, or is this something? And that's where all my ideas start. And then obviously I go through a process where I kind of filter through and think, okay, do I really wanna be like at a shop, uh, you know, nine to five every day? Is that where I wanna be in terms of my, um, like work-life balance of, cause I'm all about having freedom-based businesses. Um, so obviously I go through that process once I've had the shiny object, object syndrome of like, okay, I could start this, okay, I could start this. But I think like the creativity, that's where all the fun is for me. That's where, you know, I don't look at numbers until like I start to get serious about, mm-hmm. okay, am, am I gonna go ahead with this? Okay. But the creativity bit is like, you know, the, the bit that gives me butterflies in my, in my stomach, you know, like, oh, oh I've got an idea. <laughs> I
0: love that because I think I am very similar in that way. I always am like, oh, I want to do this. And I do that. And I do multiple things. I have multiple businesses as well. But I think it's that creativity piece where you, like I feel like if I'm in one thing my mind is like okay I'm thinking of other things too like yeah. I can focus for sure but I yeah, think yeah. that creative piece of being able to really design a life you want and that's where mm-hmm. even entrepreneurship by design came about of just everyone builds a business completely different in the way they want but how do you help people design their dream life
1: so um obviously because of my journey of being in the 9 to 5 and and realizing like I did not want that at all. With our photography business, we were working like 24 seven and we loved it because we were traveling and mm-hmm. but then it got to a point where it was like, hold on, we're working so much. We're kind of forgetting to live mm-hmm. and to kind of enjoy where we were at, especially um, we, like we, I have a five and a three-year-old. So finding that balance of being present for them but also growing our businesses And so the process actually started on myself. I was my first client where I was um, like, okay, how can I make this where I can go to the beach in the afternoon with my kids, where I can design my life to have freedom in it, but I'm also still building an empire. Um, So I always say build, build the empire whilst living the life. And I think that is key because... I hear so many people that say, when I'm 60, I'm going to XYZ. When I've got 100 units, then I'm going to. And I'm like, no, you can do this now. And so the way that I did it was partly strategic, as in hiring um, VAs, delegating work, um, focusing more on my zone of genius and being more um, a CEO of my life and my business. Because I think there's a tendency as an entrepreneur and Um, especially when you start working for yourself is you're so in your business and you're doing everything you're you're the receptionist you're the person responding to emails you're you're doing everything which is a normal part of the business when you're starting out like there's nothing wrong with that but then it gets to a point where it's like is my time really worth doing all the admin stuff and my answer was no I could actually hire someone to do that I could get better systems in place so that I know things are still running when I go to the beach with my kids or we were just in Europe for a month um, seeing friends and family. So I didn't wanna take a month off and everything stop in my business. I needed the business to keep running whilst I was away. And so that's what I help my clients with is to enable them to still build their business, build their wealth, but being able to actually enjoy living their life and having the time without feeling guilty of taking the time back because I think that's also key because that was me as well I was like oh I'll take the afternoon off and the whole time I'm at the beach I'm I'm thinking oh, I should be doing that I should be doing it. you know so it it's it's being able to take the time off knowing things are running because you've set them up in the right way mm-hmm. and also being like okay with taking the time off and when I realized I took that space from the business mm-hmm. and delegated that allowed me to be more creative that allowed me to look at the business as a CEO and thinking, okay, I've been doing that for like a year and that clearly isn't working and is not efficient because I'm taking a step back. Whereas when you're in it and you're like, okay, well, this is just the way we do it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You don't have that space to be like, is this working as a business? So, um, so that's kind of what I
0: do. (laughs) I love it. I think a part of that is, being able to recognize when we give ourselves just a step back, we can Mm. see things more clearly Mm. because we're not running to the next thing or having to take care of so many different elements. But I I think there's so much in the pause of just reflecting and giving yourself time and space is so key. It's something that I had to learn the hard way multiple times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you do. You do. That's Sometimes that's the best way to learn. But um it's, it's so key and I wish someone had told me earlier. That's why I love telling people now because I think there's so many people that are just in the business and they're like, I can't take time off to do this or whatever. And I'm like, you can, I promise you, you can. It's not all going to collapse without you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an ego thing there. You know, I, I had the impression that I was the only person that was able to do certain things. And actually I needed to check my ego at the door and there's people probably more capable of me the me sometimes of doing things that I'm not particularly good at. So I think there's also that where you have to be like, okay, I'm really good at the ideas and like implementing, but actually someone else is so much better at the kind of like day-to-day running of, of, of stuff or um, communication or, you know, like different things like that. So I think as well, you have to kind of look at yourself and be like, are you truly like the best person for that job? Cause maybe you're not for that part of your business so there's also that as well
0: absolutely and I, I think I know my well I know my ego has gotten in the way a lot of times yeah <laughs> but I think it's just letting people do their zone of genius like your zone of genius yes. and sticking to that and there's a lot of things on the back end that are being taken care of as well what are some of the systems or tools that you utilize to help run things more smoothly yeah so
1: I love having VAs mm-hmm. um they are they are the best they keep things running and I know that someone's always got an eye on something you know even if there's a time difference or um, um you know like I, I'm in a meeting I know like everything's always being checked when I'm not there um I use Monday do you know Monday It's like kind of oh like yes, a yes team planet Yeah. <laughs> um I use Monday and then um I use a centralized like email system, so also I can check on um, things not all the time, but you know just to keep an eye on eye on stuff that's coming in. I obviously, have like a bookkeeper and an accountant, <laughs> um, so they're the kind of main things that I use to keep everything streamlined. <laughs>
0: it's it's important. It just take, gives you peace of mind being yeah. able to know that it's being taken care of. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. It's all. A place and a time for everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly.
1: And also the other thing I will say to anyone that maybe is feeling in that position where like they're drowning a little bit is I left it too late. Well, not too late, but I left it later than I should have to start hiring out people. And I think that's a common mistake. You know, you think, yeah. oh, I can just keep going. I can just and so I would hire earlier, um, sooner rather than later, because once you get to a point where you're so overwhelmed and mm-hmm you're just feeling like you can't cope and you're burnt out and and you just can't see kind of like a path forward you're kind of it, it takes a lot more work at that point to train someone to um and that's that's the, the exact mistake I made um so it took me longer to train someone and then I was stressed out having to train someone plus also managing the work until they were felt comfortable enough to like fully do it themselves so um so I learned that lesson so when I hired My second VA, it was I did it before I could see things amping up, Um, so I think always keep that in mind. You know, like am I once you start to get to kind of seventy five percent overwhelmed, hire someone. Don't wait till like one (laughs) hundred percent.
0: That's very good advice, (laughs) and I I wish I listened to that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I know you do pursue a lot of different entrepreneurial routes, you have a lot of different businesses. But having pursued the various ventures that you have, and now focusing on real estate in particular, what are some of the strategies or approaches you found effective in adapting to new industries or business opportunities?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think, to be honest, once you once you've done a few businesses, um, I think once you're in that mindset of like an entrepreneur and once you've worked on your own mindset of, you know, getting rid of limiting beliefs, fear, self-doubt, not listening to others in a way that, um, you can listen to them and you say, oh, thanks to your opinion. Um, but then making the decision yourself, I, I, that's something I definitely work with with my clients is they say, oh, you know, so-and-so said, um, that they've done this market before, or they've set up an Airbnb before, and they said, oh, you know, the market's saturated or whatever. And I'm like, but what do you feel? And I think, like you said earlier, you know, listening to your intuition, people can say what they want, and they can put their doubts, self-doubt onto you. But what do you feel? What do you instinctively feel is a good choice for you? So I think from starting the businesses, moving across to new ones is just fun. <laughs> and and I just everything that every mistake I've made, every um kind of like success that I've done, I pull into the new businesses where I'm like, okay, I know that didn't work for this. Um and getting systems in place. And I don't see them as that different. The whole mm-hmm. the basis of starting a business is always going to be the same. Okay. Yeah, it's a different industry and maybe you need more money for one than the other. Um, but it all comes down to kind of, you know, like marketing, having a good foundational plan, having your systems in place. Um, and then you can apply it to like any business, basically. And then you just take on all the tools and the experiences you've learned from the previous businesses into new businesses. And then vice versa, you know, anything you learn in the new business, you I, there's sometimes where I'm like, actually, that would work for... Mm-hmm another one. So, um, it's kind of all interlinked and, um, and yeah, I love
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it. And I understand that too. It's so interesting because I have three businesses as well. And being able to like my newest business, I'm like, oh, I can pull from this system that I use for the first business. And it, it's crazy how it just intertwines. You don't realize that because you're like, wait, all these people have all these businesses. But then you realize once you've built one successful one, it's so much easier to build more.
1: Uh, I I was that person that was like, how come that guy has, you know, like real estate, a coffee shop. Um, like a trucking business like how and then once you get to that point you're like oh I get why because it all interlinks even though they seem like completely different businesses which they are but the fundamentals are still the same
0: Absolutely. And I'm really curious because I know someone like you who has worked in so many different countries, has built businesses in different countries. There's a lot in entrepreneurship, different culture contacts. And Mm -hmm. what culture insights or lessons have you gained that can benefit other entrepreneurs that are building in diverse and inclusive businesses?
1: Yeah, so um, that's a really good question. Um, So when we found... so. America is is definitely the land of opportunity I will say that because coming from Europe like I'm British my husband's French. Building uh, starting a business in France is so difficult it's there's so much red tape um, just in general, the culture is not geared towards entrepreneurship um, so you're not really supported in the same way that you are here. And, um, there's a kind of a lot of negativity, um, not negative. Yeah. It's kind of a bit negative where they, they don't understand entrepreneurship because of the way that the system is built towards employees and looking after employees and stuff like that. So everyone dealing with people saying, but why, why would you start your own business? They kind of didn't get it. And mm-hmm. it was kind of similar in Belgium as well, but America, we, you hear about the American dream and you think, oh, is it really a thing? Is it is it a marketing thing? <laughs> it's so true. There is so much opportunity in America. Um, I tell everyone that, the, the like everyone that we come across here is that we've been here four years and the opportunity that we've come across is just mind blowing. And so when I hear people say that, oh, there's not, there's not opportunity in America, for anyone that wants it, Mm-hmm. there is opportunity you know if if you are in a position where maybe you really want to start a business but you don't have the funds or you feel contact someone be um ask ask to kind of like for them to mentor you there are so many people that are wanting you to succeed here it's it's incredible for us we're like wow it's so if you wanted to start a clown business everyone would be like go just go do it I can help you there are so many people that are willing to help um with advice and and there's just this kind of culture of like wanting to see people succeed yeah. and um and we we just find that so inspiring here and and I think it even just being back in Europe for for the month we absolutely loved it but you could feel the energy shift when you come back here where it's just kind of like go 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 go, go in such a exciting way for us um so I just love telling people that you know if, if you're in America mm-hmm. there are opportunities everywhere I promise you when if if you want to do something just get your head around it and then go do it because there are people even if you get knocked backs and I'm not saying it's it's mm-hmm. easy right. um you will get knocked backs and and you know have people saying no to you but just approach as many people as you can because the worst thing someone can say to you is no but yeah in my experience, we've had so many people encouraging us. um, And yeah, and just being like super supportive. So yeah. (laughs) I love it. And I think you mentioned mentorship.
0: And I think that's a huge part of this Mm. journey. And in your experience, how important do you think mentorship and guidance is? But what advice would you also give entrepreneurs seeking mentorship? How can they maximize that value from those relationships?
1: Yeah, so so originally I I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I need a, a mentor because I'm, like I'm super driven. I'm, su-. then I got a mentor and I was like, okay, I get it. I get why you need one. You know, the accountability, um, them challenging you, and I think that's so so important as an entrepreneur to be challenged in a way that, um, with someone that that gets what you're trying to do, but challenges you in a way that makes you think. Okay, am I doing this the best way, or am I going the path? Do I truly want to follow this path? My mentor always says, like, when she asks me a question, I hesitate, and she goes five, four, three, two, one. Like you have to answer because that is the true, the true answer of what you're looking for, the one that just comes out. So, um, so yeah, I I could not believe how much my life changed having a mentor, and that's what got me into mentorship because I was so excited about how seeing it from the other side Mm -hmm. and i was like i want to help i want to do this for other people i want other people to have that support um so so yeah as as someone who is skeptical to a mentor i'm a thousand percent behind it for those that um maybe aren't in a position to hire a mentor yet Mm -hmm. contact um like specifically talking about real estate If you find anyone in real estate, ask them if you can shadow them. You know, there's there's ways to get mentors at the very beginning without having to, um, especially in real estate, you know, shadow a real estate agent, shadow a real estate investor. um, Mm -hmm. And then as you you develop, then you can hire a a mentor that can specifically um, help you on your path rather than just shadowing someone that can kind of show you the ropes. Mm-hmm. um but i think like yeah mentorship is yeah is is life changing
0: i believe it and just even with all the people that you have helped and you've worked with what are maybe one or two success stories you could share with us
1: yeah so one of my, one of my favorite was one of my first clients so she was in a 9 to 5 job she was working for a nonprofit she had a crazy amount of student debt And um, she had two young children and she was just like, this is just going to be my life now. Like, I just have to work in this nonprofit. I can't see a way out of it. I have these student debts, blah, blah. And so we worked together and I was like, there is another way. Um, There's always another way. How about what other things would you maybe be interested in doing? and this doesn't she wasn't necessarily wanting to be an entrepreneur she was just kind of like i don't want to be in the traditional 9 to 5 anyway fast forward a year she had her real estate life license she'd made more in 3 months than she had in a whole year of working her nonprofit she was able to spend time with her children which you know being a mom like is really important for me that my clients get to spend time with their kids um and she was like you've completely changed my life um and she could see I think she could see a way forward a way a bigger way forward of living like a dream life with without um I think she was so in the fog of the nine to five she couldn't see a way out and so then fast forward a year she was like I still get texts from her now she's not a client anymore but she's like And now we're planning to do that. And she's got that, you know, that, that buzz of like, Mm -hmm. well, like we were talking about the shiny object syndrome. So she's planning to invest in properties now and, and -hmm. to see that transformation is just so huge and just so satisfying. Mm -hmm. And it's just exactly why you get into mentorship.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It's being able to change lives one person at a time, but then you're changing their family too and their whole entire
1: yeah it gives me goosebumps every time we talk about it
0: (laughs) and you know you said something really important there being a mom yourself what has motherhood and entrepreneurship looked for you in integrating the two
1: yeah that's that's huge that's motherhood definitely helped me realize that working 24 7 Mm
0: -hmm.
1: although I loved it at the beginning was not feasible long term And I really wanted to be around for my children around, but like spending time with my children and like truly being present, not like in the room with them, but on my phone, you know, like truly doing stuff with them. And so they, especially my eldest, because she was the first, but really shifted. Okay, how can I still be an entrepreneur? Because I couldn't give that up, but have time for them. And that's where the kind of like living your life, but building the empire came in because it was like. There is a way to merge the two mm-hmm. and you don't have to pick one or the other. I, I say um, you can have it all.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think society has been conditioned to believing you can't have it all. You know, you, you have to either work or be a stay at home mom or. Mm-hmm. And I and I say like no to that. I'm like, you can mm-hmm. have it all. Is it easy all the time? No. Does mm-hmm. it take you know, work to find the balance and there's no, there's no real true sense of balance. You know, each Mm -hmm. week is different. You juggle as you need. Sometimes your kids are sick. Sometimes, you know, you're away, whatever. So there's no true kind of like formula for balance. Mm -hmm. But knowing that you can have it all, you can still be an entrepreneur. You can spend time with your kids and your husband. You can go Mm -hmm. away. But it's just getting those systems in place, and and that belief that you you're the CEO. You're not. You're you. You're sorry. I'm getting this the <laughs> wrong okay. way around. Um. You. Your business works for you. You don't work for your business. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And that's what it's about too. being able mm-hmm. to realize certain phases in our life. We're going to have to focus a little more on something, but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. we can't do it all. It's just figuring out and it's a puzzle. It, and exactly.
1: It's- and as the kids, kids get older, mm-hmm. I'm sure the last thing they'll want to do is spend time with me. And, th- and that's fine. But it's again, it's like the puzzle, you know, like the puzzle will change it will over time. Things will adjust. Maybe as they get older, they'll have sports and and things like that. And that's, that's how the seasons change, but it's being able to be flexible to those seasons.
0: Absolutely. And
1: even just being
0: flexible in this journey, there's a lot of ups and downs, but I'm really curious, what would be your top two tips for entrepreneurs that are on this journey or about to start this journey?
1: That's so good. I would say pivot. Pivoting is everything. Being... um, like you said, like being flexible, just knowing that no day is going to be the same, but that's okay. And things are going to go wrong, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think the second thing is kind of even if you think you've worked on your limiting beliefs, there's more hiding back there. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> even, even, even like once you've created like one or two or three successful businesses, you still have limiting beliefs creeping through. And knowing that you have to, firstly, knowing you're not alone in that, that's not you thinking, you know, having those thoughts creep in, everybody has them and everybody still has them. Doesn't matter how successful you have, you you are. Um, so just knowing that they're always going to creep in, fears are always going to creep in, but knowing how to push them away. And, um, you know, sometimes I don't do it as much anymore, but when I had those before, I would write them down. Okay, what is... What is the fear that I'm having right now? Um, you know, that, oh, it's not going to make money or the costs are going to be whatever. I would write them down, cross them out, as in to be like to my mind, my subconscious, they're not an issue mm-hmm. and throw them away. And that process used to really help me where I was like, yeah, okay, why, why am I feeling anxious about that? They're, they're actually nothing. But um, so just know that they're going to come up. Doesn't matter how successful you are but knowing how to deal with them and push them away.
0: Mm -hmm. That is really good advice. And I think a lot of times the fear will creep in and it's just recognizing it, acknowledging it, but also Mm -hmm. moving forward too and not letting it hold you back. And I love that it didn't hold you back and how much you have accomplished and will continue to accomplish. But I'm really curious, what are your future aspirations or goals for the next year or so?
1: Yes, so... um... We are finishing up the two um, cabins in the mountains. Um, So once they're finished, we are looking at building some more places. So again, another opportunity that's come from that is I always thought, oh, I don't think we can build. We don't have experience in construction. And actually, we've been thrown into it. We've loved it. Um, And that's opened huge doors for us that wouldn't have if the cabin hadn't bent down. So um, those new opportunities are opening up. Um, and we're looking at buying more real estate because I'm addicted. <laughs> because once you get one, you just you want 500 more. Um, so so yeah, that we're really focusing on um, real estate coming forward.
0: Amazing. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what you come up with and your new homes, your new cabins as well. But I've been so enjoying this conversation, Louise. How? Where can people find you and use your services and your real estate too? We'll link everything below, but if you could let us know too.
1: Yes. So um, you can find me on Instagram. It's the Louise Lachat. Le that's L-E-C-H-A-T. And my website is www.LouiseLachat.com.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Louise, for coming on and just sharing your beautiful energy, everything you've been able to accomplish, the ups, downs, everything in between that journey. But I so appreciate you coming on and just sharing with us today.
1: Thank you so much
0: for having me. Absolutely. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Louise today? I'm sure she would love to see that comment and we'll see you on the next episode. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently